1: think we can. Yes. Yes, we do. Because we are connected to the God of the universe. And we are following Jesus Christ. And no matter how hopeless or despairing things look, God is in control. And we know that he sees far more than we do. And he is not surprised by anything. And so we are excited to be following him. And uh, I love this show because we get to have so many incredible guests, guests who can open the door on not only on the truth uh, about Jesus Christ, but uh, uh, open the door on culture and what is going on in the world Around us, because uh, pretty much all of our guests I have here—that's one of the reasons why I have them—are people who are connected uh, not only to the kingdom of God, but they are well connected to the team of the world. They and they understand it and they function in it uh, as believers. And they're not trying to run away from the world; they're uh, they're running into it. And uh, I think because of that, they can. Offer us some encouragement and some instruction and some some, even some training as we just talk about things and about their lives. And um, this, uh, our guest today, is uh, no no exception. And uh, uh, we've had him on before. Uh, Mike is the founder and CEO of Leadership Institute for Entrepreneurs, uh, better known as Life. And uh, that is uh, focused on equipping entrepreneurs with skills to create, build, fund, grow, and scale their businesses through content, courses, coaching, capital, and community. That's a pretty pretty broad um, scope there. And uh, uh, the thing I wanted Mike to come talk to us about tonight is I know he will want to talk some about what he's doing. And continuing to do with the business community, but I also just want to talk about the world in general, because Mike is uh, Mike is very gifted uh, prophetically, and uh, he has a he's he's one of these people who who sees where we are uh, as fitting into where we've been and where we're going, and and uh, he can usually talk about uh, anywhere along that spectrum you want to talk about. So uh, he's a thrilling, thrilling guy. You'll love his comments. And uh, so I'm, I'm wasting his time right now. So please welcome back to Blog Talk Radio, uh, Mike McCauflin. Mike, thank
0: you for coming. Hey, John. Hey, John, thanks for having me back. I'm very excited to be back on the program and very excited to share all the stuff that we're seeing going on. And and of course, the fun part about what we do is we get to interface with people all over the world. And a lot Mm. of what we do is just gather data and put it together. So some of the insights that we have and uh, Mm. the things that we see as trends occurring are because we get to talk to so many people. So um, that's one of the exciting things about it, and and you hear more and more people talking yeah. about the same thing. You know, there's trends that are in place.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, gosh, Mike. Uh, you know, when when we last talked, and 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 I was with you for a, a boot camp, a four day boot camp, and for somebody that's as 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 uh, pretty pretty much untaught and unskilled business wise as me. It was quite an experience, I have to tell you, but uh, it sure opened my eyes to a, a lot. And and yet I, I look at the world now compared to then, Mike. And who would have guessed? I mean, we've got a pandemic, economic catastrophe, racial unrest, political incredible political polarization. You know what's yeah. going on. Is it the apocalypse? Are these the last days or what
0: what's happening, Mike? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of people that talk about are we in the last days and you know it's it's very difficult to project uh sure. when that time will be, but there's no question that we're seeing uh multiple uh very challenging events occurring simultaneously. Uh, You mentioned the virus, and we know worldwide that there's still challenges with it. Um, You know, there's many different beliefs on it, but I do a lot of study, and I do believe that the virus itself is a threat. Um, Although, you know, how it affects people and who it affects and all of that are still um, things that we can discuss. And the fact that there's probably an overreaching control, um, but yet I do believe it's still a threat. Um, The economy, definitely challenging. A lot of the fundamentals are are, um, not doing well right now, although we know the market's still up because there's a lot of Fed money being pumped into the markets. Um, But I I think the economy, one of the biggest things we see, you know, we deal with entrepreneurs and business startups all over the world, and one of the greatest challenges we see right now is business survivability. I was uh, listening to – uh, another briefing just recently this morning, talking about 33% of the restaurants in America will never reopen, 25% of the businesses will never reopen, um, a third of the hotels in New York City will never reopen, and it just went on and on. And um, you know, we also ran and built the disaster response network, a global network which I think you know about, called the International yeah. Disaster Response Network. And one of the things that we learned with that network, as well as the work that we did for national level exercise in the U.S., was that about 10% of the population will respond effectively in a disaster and can make critical decisions, and about 80% will freeze and not know what to do, and the other 10% will do things harmful to themselves and others. And so uh, what we see right now is a great challenge that, 80% 80% of the businesses out there, I believe, are probably bleeding out right now. That wow. means they, um, they're expecting things to get back to normal. Um, they're managing um, in some kind of a normal situation in a reduced capacity, and they don't realize the world as we knew it is gone. And, um, and so, you know, some of the stuff we talk about is how do you triage current operations with cash flow, execution, and people to survive and then pivot your business model for long-term survivability? Because if you're in business, I don't care how long you've been in business, if you're in business today, you're a startup. You're starting over, and your whole business wow. model has to be revalidated because wow. everything has changed. I mean, our team, for example, you asked about Zoom, has gone to a six-month planning horizon for execution and two meetings a day just on strategic execution. Where are we going, what are we doing, and how fast are we adapting? So everything's changing, and um, and people need to understand that.
1: Well, it's so, Mike, it, it, I mean, it, it sounds like you're – you're you're busier than ever this has created actually uh, a need for what you're doing it seems to me is that right well
0: yeah th- yeah there's no question i mean i'm busier now than i was before the virus and um i think whenever we see uh, a catastrophic event like the virus shutting down the whole world and impacting businesses like i said we also see this great opportunity on the other side of the equation um, for new uh, disruptive innovation. And so, you know, you and I got into a discussion recently about, uh, you know, what's the church doing and where is it going and what should we be doing? And um, it's interesting that in our identity driven entrepreneurship force, which is one of the courses on the eShipLearning.com platform, Uh, We talk about redefining a lot of business terminology uh, from God's original perspective and and really changing the foundation of what business is. But one of the big things we do is we redefine the term entrepreneur because most people think entrepreneurs are just about starting a for-profit business to make money. And ultimately, the concept of entrepreneurship is really about solving problems. And who should be solving problems today but the church, right? I mean, we have the greatest uh, asset base on the planet to solve problems connected to the greatest source of wisdom and life and information, our father, to be able to solve the problems of the world. And that really is entrepreneurship. And, um, you know, hold the whole concept of work and labor, I mean, from the garden, God, uh, you know, telling us to tend and keep the garden and then understanding in, in like, 1 Peter uh, 2.24, where God says that each person's been given a gift, you know, to use it in serving one another. So we have these gifts that were given to serve one another, but ultimately it's about solving problems. Wow. And, um, and, and that's what the church should be doing. So you know we can talk a little bit more about that, but I think that where the church should be focused today is oh. on how to solve problems, and we have the greatest
1: asset base to do it. This is that that's very exciting, and apical, Mike, because we I think I told you that we are we are treating ourselves now as a church, and um, uh, we are. So I, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more ab- about that. Um, uh, how how does how exactly does a church solve problems for people? I I think that's that that's a that's a whole new way of thinking, isn't it? Because you know most people think of church as this thing they do over here somewhere, you know, to right, kind of right. give my my Sunday to God kind of thing, you know, right? But but solving problems in the real world. That's a whole different. That's a whole different yeah, thing. it is. Talk
0: about that. It some is more. a different paradigm, because you know, I think COVID has changed a lot of things in that church has been focused inside of a building in many ways, mm-hmm. and now we can't go into the building, as you know, even in <laughs> California, there's a lot of restrictions to meeting. Uh, but that's not unusual for the church worldwide, right? There's many places where the church is restricted from meeting. So we've gone to virtual-based platforms, but instead of focusing on inside the building, we should be focused on a lost and dying world, a hurting world that needs solutions to their problems. I mean, so many people are in pain. And, of course, now it's worse than ever because COVID has created so many challenges worldwide, But let's talk about this concept of solving problems, because really that's what entrepreneurship is, is problem solvers. So if the church is the greatest resource in the world, um, the the problem is we don't know what resources we have. See, we Mm. used to do a lot with uh, community development worldwide in in our nonprofit that worked in over 150 countries, and we would do community development. And we we, – moved into a position or a concept called asset community development and when we would go into a community we wouldn't ask them what do you need we would ask them what do you have because if we understood what they had we understood what resources god had already provided and then how Hmm. to help them use those resources to solve their problems Because, you know, God has already provided all things pertaining to life and godliness. So if he's already provided all things, what's he provided? Most people have no idea. And so um, even in disasters, if we were in a disaster situation, unless somebody was going to physically die in the next 24 to 48 hours, we still didn't ask them what they needed. We asked them what they had because Mm. we rebuilt villages with lumber from the trees because they had lumber and we rebuilt villages before the next door neighbor village had any people coming in to do disaster response. in one of the big earthquakes that occurred down in Indonesia, because we asked them what they had and we used what they had to rebuild the village. Um, And so the same thing is true with, with people and our churches. Uh, Do you know of any churches, John that have done an asset assessment of all the gifts and the resources within their church. Mm. I, I,
1: I've heard some talk about that, but I don't really know of anybody
0: who's done it. Now realize that gift is more than a spiritual gift because all of us operate in a, in, in the physical world, right? Almost everybody Uh has a job. So your gift goes way beyond application inside of a church which many people stop with spiritual gifts, but God created us with all kinds of gifts to serve one another in a functioning community, in a functioning society. And so we do in our identity-driven entrepreneurship course, we do a personal identity and purpose assessment instrument. And we ask people through about four pages of questions to identify all of their assets. We don't ask them to give us any of their needs or any of their problems. We just ask them to identify their assets, you know, their their hard assets, their soft assets, their attitudes, their behaviors, even their failures in life, which can be an asset to help other people. Um, all the things that God has given them for resources, because in those resources is your purpose and your, and your, um, your destiny. So we, we look towards trying to identify the resources to understand God's purpose for a life. But then when we have a team that's come together, and one example of the team is that the, you know, you're called or assigned by God to go to a certain church. But if you're assigned to a team, the question is, what assets are on the team? And most churches, most businesses have no idea what assets they have under their roof. They just have people that may come sit in pews at church and listen. In business, they may have people that come to church or to business to do a job and do some work. But they have no idea what other assets exist within the people sitting uh, either in their office or in their church. And, of course, if they're called to be together – then we ought, to, we ought to ask, what resources did God provide to this team? Because ultimately, he has a plan, right? I mean, First Peter, um, well, Peter 2.5 says that, we're built, that we are living stones in a spiritual house. And Ephesians 2.22 says we're being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So one of the first questions you have to ask is, who are you supposed to be working with? What church are you supposed to be call, going to? We would call this a calling. God assigned. Hmm. Uh, in, the, in the Greek, the word calling has the connotation of assignment. So God assigns you to a church. God assigns you to a team or a business to work at. You don't just go there because of a skill set. You go there because God assigned you to go there. So if he assigns you to the team where he's building a dwelling place of himself in the spirit, the question is, what are the assets? Hmm. So you know you have to go through and map the assets, find the gifts, and then network the assets and empower people to unlock their gift to solve problems. Huh. That's so cool. Does that all, does that make sense?
1: It makes a lot of sense. Um, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about uh, gifts. Uh, from the standpoint of of not just spiritual gifts, you mentioned that, but you you mentioned there are there are gifts that we have that we use in and function in the world. A lot of times we just keep this uh, you know in our mind separate. So yeah. uh, I, well that's a new thought to me. Talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's so many directions we could go here because humans are multifaceted. But I'll yeah. give you an example uh, of the DISC behavioral style. There's over 100 behavioral styles market models on the market. Um, DISC, D-I-S-C, is the most widely used behavioral styles model in the world. Um, I believe it's the easiest one to learn, and there's a ton of tools that go with it. And um, and so when you do a DISC behavioral profile, and we have that for free on our website that you can do the profile on the on the, um the eShip learning platform, um, you can do a free profile. Um, but when you understand your behavioral style, there's a certain gifting to it. For example, there are certain people that are very task-oriented and and um, see the big picture and gifted at crisis management and and, um, and and crossing the goal line with a task. That's a gift. There are other people that are very gifted at getting into details and working through the specifics and the logistics and all of the, the components required to do a job, you know, right. And accurate. Mm-hmm. there are people that are gifted to stand up in front of others and, and um, talk about, promote and proclaim. And there are people I'm, I'm going through the four styles and there's another style that's very relational and deep committed and, and um and works very well with deep committed relationships and is very supportive and sacrificing and serving oriented and and those four styles that I just mentioned, which are the d the i the s, and the c styles of disc also relate mm-hmm. to four of the the spiritual gifts of the prophet and the pastor and the teacher and um and the evangelist and so huh. um but we see that those gifts are applicable in a work setting. So the disc is just one example of identifying different kinds of gifts that can be applied, whether in the church or at work. And there are many other tools like disc where you can understand certain way that people are wired or gifted, um, you know, to operate in a community.
1: That's exciting. Um, I can tell, uh, I'm going to need to spend some more time with you. (laughs) This, this is, uh, this is so cool, um, and applicable to what we're working on right now, especially in the form form formative time, uh, of a church. I, I, I'm, I was curious that you made a statement about the people, people that are really hurting, uh, in the world right now. And um you know, it seems I don't know, it seems to be a problem especially when when what we're doing a lot of it is online and a lot of a lot of our online people we're isolated, you know, people are isolated in their homes. And and so where is that person who is really hurting? And how do I find that out? And how do I get get to them? You know, if, if we're not if we're not coming together,
0: am I making
1: uh, sense here?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so I said there's so many people hurting today. There is. I mean, I think yeah. the latest number is almost 60 million filing for unemployment. And, um, you know, I I think everybody's challenged. We start with our family, right? Um, You know, so with the church, you start with your church family and Mm -hmm. um, those that you're already in relationship with. And we try to understand what are the challenges that we face and what resources do we have to solve them? Um, You know, bartering societies emerge out of things like this, right? I have access and you have needs. So how can I help meet that need? Um, you know, when I talk about entrepreneurship, I'm talking about larger scale problem solving and job creation, which is one of the greatest needs in the world outside of Jesus. But um, I think finding people starts with just understanding our own people. I think this is another big challenge I see with churches is that we um, have a lot of social activity at times, which COVID has now challenged sure. us meeting you know, in the physical church. But how well do we actually know the people that are in our churches? How yeah. well do we yeah. know their hopes and their desires and their aspirations and their pains and their victories and their 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 failures and their families? And, you know, a lot of that, again, is assets, because, you know, when you've gone through pain and failure and learn to overcome it that becomes a victory that's a value for somebody else right you know we we suffer so that we can help serve others to go through the same thing and overcome yeah but um, I think it starts with where are we in our family where's each of us who you know who's in pain in our own family and how do we find some deep solution sets to that I I think I mentioned to you a good friend of mine, David Gibbons, who uh, is with Newsom Church down there in Southern California, and his group, he has a program called Live, L-I-V-E, and, um, and they go through some real deep um, of learning of your past and asking questions about the challenges you've gone through because some of your deepest pain uh, will be the greatest victory and asset to help other people. So I love hmm. the program that he does because it's all about digging deep into knowing each other.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Wow. So whatever we can do to add to that, help that to happen. Uh, sounds like that, that's going to help digging deep into each other.
0: Yeah. So I think, I think that thing that Dave has is a great model and then, of course, the stuff that we do for identity-driven entrepreneurship and that, and that personal identity and purpose instrument we do, I made the statement that it's about four pages of questions. And uh, I tell people, you can finish the, the program. You can sit down in a day and just work through all the questions and kind of come up with answers. And, of course, a lot of people go, a day, that's a long time to put into something. But I tell them, you're better off trying to fill it out over about a nine six-to-nine-month period And the reason is because you're trying to dump all of this stuff inside your brain and you have to be in different moods and different modes and different Mm -hmm. environments and different circumstances just to let all that stuff come out to understand what has God given you. Um, Most of the time I find that people have the solutions and the resources to solve their problems but they don't think they do because they don't understand what they have. So they look for other people to solve their problems and they become very needs oriented instead of asset focused
1: Wow. Wow. That's wonderful. Well, this is, this is, this is hitting us at uh, just the right time. I, uh, I really appreciate, appreciate these thoughts. Um, I'm teaching a class on, on spiritual gifts tomorrow night. So, uh, I, I'll be loaded for bear. <laughs> this is, uh, this is so encouraging. Um, what, what is, uh, what is the church going to look like, uh, in the future? I mean, I, maybe it's a bigger question. I mean, are we, are we, are we ever going to be normal again or is, is normal gone now? It almost sounds like I think you're saying
0: that, I think that God has been trying to emerge a new form of church for quite a while. Uh huh. Um, you know, one of my favorite scriptures has always been that Jesus was a friend of tax gatherers and sinners. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, most Christians would not even think of hanging out with tax gatherers and sinners, um, uh, you know, because we don't want to be polluted or influenced by it. And yet, you know, Jesus' mission was to reach the lost. And, and um, you know, if, if we're reborn and, and into the image of, of Christ and he's working out that salvation in us on a daily basis, why are we still here and just not go home instead? It's because we are the proclamation of the gospel message through our life uh, in this world. And you know, that has to reach to the to those that are hurting and in need. So I think the church is gonna be come a lot more outward minded in serving the community and serving one. <laughs> um and I you know, go back to a scripture just to close out that earlier thought in second Peter one three. It says, you know, that his divine power has already granted to us all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. But I would say his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life. And then we could go and godliness, but to life. That means all of our daily life. He's already provided all the resources. What do you have? And so I think that's the key. But the church has got to figure out what did God give them so that they can turn around and then use it to serve a lost and dying world and one another. Wow, that's fantastic.
1: Well, that, that's, uh, that's definitely the theme of this last half hour. What, what do you have? And um, uh, thank you so much for uh, broadening our understanding of what that means and uh, a whole, a whole different way of thinking. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, because uh, it sounds like, it sounds like we have what we need if we could just open up our eyes and see it. Yep.
0: So, yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Mike, thank you so much. As usual, it's been stimulating, and uh, uh, I just I just love this. I pray uh, blessings on on your continued work, and um, we will get together soon. And I, I I would love to chat with you more about this, and and uh, see how maybe maybe in the context of an online church. Uh, we might be able to apply some of this stuff directly to our, to what we're facing. So.
0: All right. Well, it's always a pleasure, John. Sure. Appreciate you guys. Love you so much. And, uh, we look forward to staying in touch and talking a lot more.
1: Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. God bless.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Okay.
1: Bye-bye. Well, there you go, folks. That was exciting. That was stimulating. And, uh, What do you have That's uh, That's the word That's the word for all of us
0: We're
1: we're going to be working on that What do you have What is God giving you There you go us next week More coming